Well, it's all quiet on the Western Front. Brilliant movie, apparently, but also describes what the markets are like today with the US on holiday. But Joe Biden turning up close to what could be the new Western Front. So will we see geopolitics at play in market sentiment this week? Or is it all still about central banks and the data? Speaking of which, today it's PMI Day and the perennial question, how is Europe doing compared to the US? And Canada's inflation, the central bank there, is happy to pause. But what if there's an upside surprise today? It's Tuesday. The 21st of February 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, not much movement on the US dollar on the DXY on Monday, but the Aussie has gained half a percent up to 69.1 US cents. But you know what? That's about it. Not much movement in the euro or the pound or the Canadian. Well, the Canadian dollar has gained 0.2%. So perhaps it's a bit of a commodity story with currencies. We are seeing Brent up 0.9% today, up to 83.75 a barrel. WTI is up 0.8%. But US bond and equity markets are closed for President's Day. Yields are up a bit in Europe. Uh, 10-year bonds up two basis points, but 10-year gilt yields down four basis points, dipping below 3.5%. Aussie 10 years are up to 3.83%, but no big moves. Little movement in European shares. The DAX and the Eurostoxx 50 are both down, but less than 0.1%. The FTSE 100 is up, but again, just 0.1%. Futures on US equities are down a little again, but not much. So, not much to talk about. This could be a short one. Uh, here's uh, Nabs Taylor-Newton in Melbourne. Uh, the I guess the uh, you know the big story today probably is the fact, uh, Taylor, that Joe Biden is spending President's Day in Ukraine to show his support against Russia. So the symbolism on this is interesting, isn't it? Because while he's doing that, China is reportedly ready to provide arms to Russia. Reportedly, I say, because we don't know that for sure. Whilst equity markets and perhaps oil markets as well are expecting this quick rebound in demand from China. So, um, you know, who's to say that we're not going to be back to tense diplomatic relations with China and anything but free trade? That would scupper that um, uh, enthusiasm and optimism that uh, seems to show no chance of really waning too much in the equity markets. Yeah, good good morning, Phil. Certainly a, a very quiet um, night in terms of market moves and in terms of, of data flow as well. But yeah, that um, that surprise visit from, from President Biden appearing in, in Kiev and declaring his unwavering support for Ukraine, certainly, certainly interesting. Probably fair to say that... Mm. You know, it's it's no longer a market mover in, in the way that it, it had been earlier in that cycle with kind of, you know, expectations that kind of a, a prolonged war um, and a kind of protracted con- conflict there. Are, yeah, um, I mean, we, we get used to it, don't we? Absolutely. And we said that. I remember saying it right at the beginning of the war, that a few months into it and uh, it'll no longer be a influencing markets. But I mean, the, the dynamic yeah. is what does China do next? And that's been a question that's been bubbling in the background. So we, uh, we I mean, we don't know, do we? I mean, that's... That's a, an open-ended question, perhaps. So, but maybe we should talk about data because that's the, that's the key thing. And there's a, quite a bit coming from the US this week, which we've got to try and figure out. Uh, you know, because the question are questions are, you know, is the economy really slowing? Is inflation coming down? Is the labour market going to ease? So we get the Fed minutes uh, middle of the week. We get PMIs uh, today. We get the PC deflator later on in the week for an inflation measure. We get personal consumption as well. So there's quite a bit there to help us piece together more of the jigsaw puzzle of, of exactly what is happening in the US. Whether we'll come out with a clear picture at the end of this week is anybody's guess. Yeah, so those kind of geopolitical risks we were talking about before, certainly kind of bubbling along in the background but not really providing any any near-term direction. Um, and, you know, on that data front, as we as we look forward into the week, 
you know, with, with the US out on holiday, nothing really to note coming into this week in terms if you look at what um, futures markets have done in the US, S&P futures down marginally, um, Treasury futures down a little as well, pointing to kind of a small lift in rates there. So nothing to suggest a, a change in direction from that trend that we've had over the past couple of weeks since that payrolls and, and services ISM surprise. Um, and yeah, we're really looking to to later in the week for that um, to, you know, see where um, where that move is heading. Um, and, you know, the, the FOMC minutes on, on Wednesday will be will be key to that. People looking for whether they, you know, potentially read a bit more hawkishly and suggest that the that, that 50 basis points was given a, um, a fairly big hearing um, before the before settling on on 25 basis points after those comments from from Mesta um, at the end of last week. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of that resilience of, of the economy, it's that important PCE data on Friday, which gives that update of, of consumer spending, um, as well as the, the Fed's preferred in inflation gauge as well, which has seen showing core inflation up 0.4% month on month. And so, you know, suggesting that those inflation pressures are still there, like we've seen from the CPI. Mm. And can can we navigate through all of it without... Uh, seeing a recession. So there's a piece in the Wall Street Journal this morning saying, you know, equity markets completely ignoring the possibility of a, of a recession. I mean, the median fall in the S&P 500 during a recession, if you go back all the way to 1945 and take the median read for every recession, then the S&P 500 has fallen 24%. Uh, this last month, the S&P has risen 2.7%. So, so no sign of that. Uh, but of course, you know, the Fed is not forecasting a recession. They, they, although, you know, then inverted yield curve tells a very different story. So uh, we, no wonder we're all confused. These are really mixed signals, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that, that's right. And kind of, you know, as as you say, this kind of um, repricing in, in rates that we've seen has has really been taken in its in its stride by the equity markets alongside those kind of fears of, of stickier inflation and just, you know, comes back down to that point that the economy so far is is showing is showing resilience and isn't looking recessionary and um, even though those kind of risks are, are signaled pretty clearly by by a lot of indicators and so you know that mm. that tension is certainly going to be interesting to watch yeah absolutely now look rba minutes are out today of course we we had uh, two days of philip low last week uh, in front of the pollies so uh, I mean, he probably pretty much said everything. But I mean, th- th- these minutes are interesting because this is the meeting when the RBA did turn a lot more hawkish. So what will you be looking for in those minutes? Today? Yeah, the, the minutes for the, the February meeting will, will be interesting. We saw, um, you know, as you said, we've, we've talked about at, at length this kind of the RBA coming into the, the new year with a, a more hawkish um, outlook and a bit of a reassessment on the extent of the domestic inflation problem in, in Australia compared to what they were communicating at the end of last year. We heard from Phil Lowe twice in, in front of Parliament last week and kind of, you know, the messaging there was was consistent with what we saw out of the, the SOMP and out of the, the post-meeting statement. And so, you know, potentially there isn't too much room for kind of groundbreaking news out, out of the minutes. But I think, you know, one thing that we'll be we'll be looking for is just, you know, that that discussion of risks as as always, how concerned are they about those upside risks to to inflation and and price wage persistence making that path back to two to three percent more difficult. Um, and you know, the other thing is that the minutes recently have included some information on the the options that were that were discussed. And and in December they they included zero basis points um in the in the list of options. So included zero, 25 and and 50 basis points. Given the the hawkish messaging, you'd have to think that you know if zero was on the table in February, it wouldn't have taken long to to decide against it, um, and probably you know doesn't 
doesn't really mm. tie their hands either way. But you know, it will be interesting to see whether that that zero basis point move was was still in that in that list up for discussion um, in the minutes. Uh, so, and okay, and then tonight, uh, well, all those PMIs, uh, services and manufacturing, get the flash numbers for the euro area, including uh, separate reads for Germany and for France, also for the UK and for the US. So I'm sort of guessing with the US markets closed, then coming back into this, I mean, this this could create a bit of movement because these are obviously very important numbers. And that question we keep on asking, you know, how is the uh, the recovery going or is the recovery perceived anyway in the, in, in the case of PMIs for Europe versus the US? Yeah, the, the PMI is certainly... Um Looming large on on the calendar, um, and you know that that kind of you know growth momentum so important to the the story at the moment as, as central banks weigh up these these risks to activity versus um, sustained higher inflation, and also that kind of you know relative performance as well about where where this growth is is coming from with kind of that that strength potentially rebalancing a little bit towards towards Europe from the US, and so that'll again be be closely watched in terms of the the European numbers. They're seen um, remaining marginally in expansion territory. That composite number for the eurozone up at um, expected up to fifty point six from from fifty point three last month. While the the UK index remaining expected to remain below fifty at, at forty nine from forty eight point five, um, and those US numbers will be worth a watch as as well, especially on that kind of growth relativities front. Although should be said that the the ISMs next week are probably given a bit more weight in the US and Mm. that services ISM especially suggesting more strength than than out of those PMIs. Um, On that kind of European um, growth front and, and outlook as well. We, the one piece of data that we we did get over the the past twenty four hours really is the um, euro area consumer confidence rate in February as well. And so you know, consistent with that that relatively mild winter and and receding energy fears, um, kind of helping at at the margin. You know, um, that confidence measure rose to to minus nineteen from from minus twenty point seven. So that's in line with consensus, but it does take it up to its its highest level in in a year. Um, and and a, you know, well off its lows of, of minus 28.7 in, in September now, but, you know, based on compared to historical averages still yeah. at, at very low levels. Well, absolutely, when we start talking about minus 19 being a good figure. So, um, yeah, but all of these, I mean, particularly those PMI numbers then, because we're in a bit of a, dr- a data drought, aren't we, for, for this 24-hour period, and, and data is driving everything. It's whatever, fed, whatever central banks say, plus whatever we can read, perhaps uh, and over-interpret out of the data. That seems to be how markets are reacting. So with the markets being having been out of action largely for a day, we could see some swift moves if there's an upside or downside surprise in those PMIs from anywhere in the world, really. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, we've, we've come into the week fairly fairly directionless with, with the US on holiday. And so I think it's, it's fair to say that... Um you know, markets will be will be sensitive to that that yeah. data flow, and especially that that European growth outlook. So so important for the path of the ECB after the March meeting as well. Yeah, well, I mean, looking for anything to hang on to, aren't they? Well, one thing they can hang on to is Canada's inflation read, which is out tonight. Now, the core rate fell month on month in January. I mean, we obviously want to see core rates, month-on-month rates, come down to see the annual rate slide. The headline rate's already gone down from 8.1% in the middle of last year, down to 6.3%. And the hope is, of course, that the uh, central bank there, the Bank of Canada, will pause on their rates, but they won't if this flatlines or starts to go back up again. And obviously, the market is going to react uh, rather swiftly to that as well. So this is going to be a key number to watch. Yeah, yeah. The, that Canadian CPI data is certainly important. So as you say, headlining and core rates are both 
off their highs and expectations are for them to kind of continue to to trend down the the headline rate seen coming in at a 6.3% year on year and the the underlying measures seen falling um a 10th each on the on the median and and the trim mean down to 4.9 and 5.2% respectively and you know that that data flow obviously in focus in in Canada with that um with the communication at the last meeting suggesting that um if if economic developments evolve broadly in line with with their outlook, then then a pause would would be the um, would be the move at, at the next meeting, and and markets are are priced for that as well, pricing just a fifteen percent chance of a, a twenty five basis point increase there. So you know, absent a, a surprise on those inflation numbers, probably business as usual, but you know it, it'll be a real test for whether central banks can. Um, you know, as they as the, they get deep into the hiking cycle, is the is the data going to provide them that opportunity to pause and and watch as they see these things evolve? Business as usual. I don't think anyone's used that term for a long time. I don't know if we're quite there yet, but anyway, look tomorrow the RBNZ. It's an exciting day tomorrow, but we'll talk about these tomorrow morning because we've got the RBNZ, of course, and Australian wages data as well. There's going to be a lot of eyes on that, but that's for tomorrow morning. We'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Taylor. Thanks very much, Phil. And that's it. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.